FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back into the Believe in FCS Football Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate, former roommate, Sean Anderson, as we are two former FCS football players giving you the insider's perspective on what it's like to play Division I AA football. So today's episode, we have a pretty interesting show because recent news developments about the Supreme Court hearing related to the NCAA and their efforts to not play player pay players rather and we're going to talk about that decision we're going to go into some of the details share our thoughts our perspectives as guys that were recently removed as division one athletes we did the same thing when they announced the potential for the NIL stuff and we're going to talk about that and weave that into today's discussion so a lot of good stuff stuff that gets Sean and I pretty juiced up Sean, how are you doing today? Uh, I got to sleep in for the first time oh. in, I think, about two and a half weeks this past Monday. Wow. How late? And it was, oh, dude. It, so I got this terrible alarm next to me. Like, it used to be good, but it's fallen off the side of the uh, the night table uh, so many times that it just produces an insanely bad hiss instead of the normal, eh, eh, Oh, my eh, God. Eh. <laughs> uh, I can't so, even yeah, imagine. It, it always goes off at 8 a.m. just because... You know, I, I got to set it so I might never make sure I oversleep because if I set it, wake up at 8 a.m., okay, I have so and so much time left. It's not going to go back to REM, but I can get some sleep again. So it's cool like that. Uh, but Monday, I said, oh, nothing today. Hit that, turned it right off, didn't have a secondary alarm, slept wow. till 11. 11. Wow. That's, it was that's late fantastic. for you. Way late for me. See, you know, I. Was, I I can't yeah. even do that anymore. I don't mean to cut you off. I, I And we've had this conversation. If I sleep past nine, I feel like I have not accomplished anything. And yes. at the same time, I also panic because I, you know, I just think back to like, oh, am I late for practice? I had been panicking for uh, so many uh, times during those previous two weeks that I said, no, not doing it. Today is I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to sleep it on in. Everyone else can go screw. I'm getting mine today. Well, I'm happy for you. That makes me really happy that you're getting some sleep. And here we are back to recording and working. Eventually, though, the grind continues for both of us. And today, though, speaking of grind, a uphill battle seems to be pointing in the direction of athletes. As I said earlier, we're going to get into this deep dive on talking about this court decision and what it is going to mean, all the details, all of that good stuff. Sean, before we do, though, can you just share a quick message from Bet Online? Well, since you asked so nicely, I, bl- I think I will. Yeah. Uh, we all know what happened with the sticky stuff, right, Joe, in, the, in baseball? Yes, the stick'em. Well, your boy saw that and thought to himself, hey, if the pitchers don't have any control, that's going to be more walks. If they're not being able to throw it as hard with such crazy spin rate, more home runs. You know what I did? I just smashed a bunch of MLB overs. I just smashed it. Hit a bunch. And if you have the ability in your brain to analyze a simple trend like I did, then you can make money. And the best place to do that is at betonline.ag. Stop sitting at home thinking, oh, I'm so much smarter than the coaches. I would do this and that. Or, oh, they're going to win for this reason. If you really believe it, 
set a bet down. BetOnline.ag. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, you ham and eggers. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Why was it so angry? I don't understand. Why are we, I'm why are passionate we, about gambling. It's just a lot of yelling, man. I, don't, I wasn't really ready for that. Okay, all right. I well, hear a lot of, I hear. I just have a lot of people in my life telling me, uh, "Oh, that was a bad bet. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, did you? I won three books the other day. No, you're a liar, and you don't know better than me. And if I missed a bet, I missed a bet. I had fun. See, I, th- I think I know who you're specifically referencing well speaking of not having fun that's what the ncaa is doing right now and we're yes we're, perfect finally we're we're, re- we're referring to as i've alluded multiple times at the Set beginning them of the up show some door drills and inside run that's what i want to do you want to really not have fun yeah get, get mark emmert the out there in a board drill have them, have them have them defend college hockey penalties i'd love to see it so what we're what we're directly referring to what punish them all lit up Twitter and the <laughs> news cycle was an update regarding the Supreme Court hearings directly related to the NCAA's efforts to remain an amateur entity and not have to pay its players. And what essentially what we get, the headline from the SCOTUS blog that was the first thing to come out, in a victory for college athletes, SCOTUS unanimously invalidates a portion unanimously takes a lot to get in a court decision invalidates a portion of the ncaa's amateurism rules the court says the ncaa can no longer ban colleges from providing athletes with education related benefits such as free laptops or paid postgraduate internships so this court hearing and you can actually read the full 45 page whole detailed uh post that they put out attached to this tweet. You can read all of that. And I spent some time, I read a little bit of it, and there's some really interesting tidbits that go into there. And a lot of what we get from all of this stuff is indications that now that the courts have taken the time to dive deep into what the NCAA has done, it's very clear to them that they are violating a ton of antitrust laws and also they're also taking advantage of college athletes. That seems to be the resounding feeling that we got from it. So the, like the quote that we get from Justice Kavanaugh, the NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. And the thing that, I, uh, that stood out to me a ton, Sean, from reading this court decision is that they directly parallels this to antitrust laws. And the, the reason they do that is by going through and saying, all right, no one, there is no one out there that competes with the NCAA for being the amateur entity for college athletics. All of the top programs play under the NCAA's rulings. All the top players and athletes play under the NCAA's rules. Because of that, they have been able to grossly manipulate those rules to a level where they drastically take advantage of athletes. That is what the major takeaway is from this court decision is all of that stuff, that they have no competition to prevent them from doing that. And we're not yet at the final bit of this, 
But this is the first stage for breaking the door open for athletes being paid. I believe I slept through half of a class that talked about anti-monopoly laws and stuff like that. Nice. We're in the early days. Talking about about athletes who make impacts (laughs) and deserve to be paid. I like that class, too. It was actually a pretty uh, good class. I bet it was Um, a great nap time for you. It was some sleepy. (laughs) I was once referred to as, oh, yeah, you're the guy that was sleeping the other day. (laughs) (laughs) What, by the professor? No, by other students. You're an asshat. Just continue your point. (laughs) And they were talking about uh, the professor was talking about the uh, how in the early days of uh, of movie companies and and uh, telephone companies uh, it was illegal for them to just uh, uh, pair up and create a massive monopoly like this and it, it would, there was a bunch of competition so I understand that it's different than the monopoly laws but I think it's interesting to look at it from that standpoint where nobody's ever really thought of the NCAA as just we've always known it was the only thing you know it's the only a place for the amateur, quote, amateur athletes, college athletes, and there hasn't been any competition. And I, I've never really thought of anything even competing with them in that scape because it's college. You know, it's America. It's you. You grow, you grow up. You're like, oh, I'm going to play college sports. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to that. That's and I'm going to play in the NCAA. That that's kind of where your head is at. And then when everything's kind of getting flipped to the side, like it is now, you're like, oh wow, this is just a new. Look, it's it's like kind of like putting fresh eyes on this entity that is the NCAA. Yeah, and, and that's what really intrigued me with this because there's a number of different directions that you could have gone with this. You could have gone along the lines of laws that prohibit businesses like this from grossly not properly paying their workers. But instead, the approach here is this is a monopoly. There has not been anyone to compete with them to alter their guidelines and how they approach their business because that's how a monopoly works. I mean, like we're talking about right now, if Amazon's a monopoly and you see what some of the issues that they have that have been continuously brought up and up again is that they're improperly treating their workers. And it goes along this line of because there's no competition within the market, they are able to use the the performances of these athletes for their gain without paying them. And it's just so stupid reading this thing. And all you keep hearing from the NCAA is that, well, we, we're paying for their tuition. That's that was their only counter argument was that they that they could use. They knew that they were going to lose because they had no other arguments. Like, well, it's supposed to be amateurism. We're paying for their school. They should be fine. That's not a very good argument. It's not, and I, I can feel a rant brewing inside of me, uh, but it's not necessarily for the NCAA. Uh, it, it's uh, ranting about the NCAA and their malpractice feels like ranting about uh, uh, a church. You know, it, it feels it. It doesn't feel like it's going to do anything to come on this microphone and rant about something and an entity that won't hear it. Uh, there are going to be people who have. Uh, much more coherent thoughts on it. Uh, CC Scott Van Pelt. Uh, I believe that whenever he starts popping off on him, that'll be good. He'll do it in his own way. It'll be good. It's the NCAA. We have to take it for what it is and that it's going to change. And people expect immediate change now. And it's going to be a little tough goings. And it was tough goings for uh, athletes the entire time that the NCAA was established. And 
They're trying to correct it. The Supreme Court's getting involved. They said, we've had enough. We're not going to do this. So if you're going to be upset about the NCAA still after they're currently, you know, they're on the, they're in the hot seat now. Me yelling about how bad they have been uh, treating their student athletes won't do much for me or them or anybody. I'll talk about the people in a little bit, Joe, but the NCAA itself, I've just come to ex- uh, accept as its own entity and it is now being judged mm-hmm. properly. Yes, that, that's the big key here is that you have legal precedent now being set for all this, and it is the next step forward for altering the trajectory of how the NCAA has had control over athletes, and now I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that we're going to see a power shift as it is in the NFL, the NBA, all of these professional sports where the athletes have not all the control, but they at least have the control to maybe negotiate take advantage of being paid for their talents rather than being forced under a certain cap for max contracts or how much they can really get from it. I just want to point out, I, I was really intrigued by reading through this decision. And I, I honestly encourage anyone who likes reading a good court document to go check this out. It's like <laughs> such an idiot saying that. Uh, but there's some really cool stuff in here highlighting how in the earliest stages of college football, this stuff was rampant. Paying players was all over the place. It was constant. It was basically a part of the sport. The first ever game, uh, a businessman who owned part of the railroad company, he gave all these these players after the game all of these amazing benefits, like taking them out to a, a resort and giving them alcohol, like like uh, endless amounts of alcohol. So like stuff like that was interesting. And then I got a I got a laugh out of uh, reading this one part of it in which it references a specific student who named uh, James Hogan, who was lured to play at Yale with free meals, tuition. This was before tuition and scholarships were allowed. A trip to Cuba, uh, the exclusive right to sell scorecards from his games, and a job as a cigarette agent for the American Tobacco Company. I thought that was pretty interesting to see <laughs> back in the early early 1900s where they were just giving those things away. That's awesome. Good for him. <laughs> he knew how to <laughs> I'm negotiate. Joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're joking? <laughs> I mean, it's a good deal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People get upset about the athletes taking the money, so I'm just going to say joking. Okay. Well, you shouldn't. That guy That guy knew what to do. He got a free job out of it. That's a pretty good deal, man. He got free food. He got free tuition, and yeah. he got a job. Uh, but so, okay, th- that's all the takeaways from the decision, though. We, we have all of these, these pieces in place where it, it's basically indicating that these are the first steps for changes being made for allowing for compensation. It does not directly mean or connect to the nil stuff the image and likeness name image and likeness things that have been brought up over the past year or so but i think it's it's interconnected one of the things that does come from this though is that the name and likeness image and likeness stuff is going to be active in any states that are opening it up so i think like florida's opens up in july and then some of these other states are a little bit further down the line. There's not as many. It's only about like 10 or so, I think, 10 or 15 that are on the list. But that stuff is going to continue to open up more as well. It's a good thing. It's just giving more power to those that are 
providing you and themselves with a benefit. You and watching them and being able to enjoy them and themselves getting an education, playing a sport that they love, and and giving themselves an opportunity to put that their talent on display, uh, all while having the opportunity to make a little bit of money from it. it you, mm-hmm. I, when I say it that way out loud, I don't see one negative. And people are going to say, oh, what about the corruption? What about this? And what about that? You, you find me one thing in this world that doesn't have any corruption. You find me one right. major big business or organization that doesn't have any corruption, I'll, you know, I, then I'll, I'll retract my entire statement. You find me one hospitals, uh, you f- media companies, radio, uh, massive supermarket chains, politicians, agriculture, politics. Whatever, man. You find me something without any corruption, I'll go back on it. You think I would go as far to say that Jiffy Pop has as much corruption as the NCAA? Yeah, probably. (laughs) No, not actually. But yes, I know. But (laughs) Sean, so where we're at now with this, I I think we're at the, the very cusp and we're not really going to be able to predict how this is all going to lay out. The one takeaway here is that the the Supreme Court is indicating that the NCAA needs to figure out a way to change this. And it's probably going to be a few years before we actually get a real result from it. But what I see now for the future, and I think, Sean, everyone's going to keep pitching how it should work. But I really think the way that this is going to be okay for these payments to go through and for it to be done in a logical way is I don't think that universities are going to pay these players a direct salary. I just think that that is going to be too complicated to implement. You're going to have a lot of Division I programs like FCS schools that aren't necessarily going to be able to pay for that stuff. So that's where things are going to get fishy. I think, and this is rampant across college football already, we already have boosters and alumni filling backpacks with cash and putting it into hotel rooms for recruits when they're on their official visits. It happens at every school. And if you don't think it does, you're oblivious and you're just choosing to be oblivious. There's guys that we played with, Sean, that were at FBS programs who told us about these practices that lured them to come play for these Power 5 schools or guys that they knew to play at Power 5 schools. Not everybody, but the top recruits were given bags of money filled with a ton of cash. I honestly feel what is going to happen instead of a, a, a salary like the NFL pays where you get paid per game, it's instead going to be a case of, all right, if you want Trevor Lawrence to come play for your school, you're, you know, if, if you're in Trevor Lawrence's shoes, you'll get an offer from Alabama where they're giving you $100,000 a car. You might get an offer from Oklahoma that is you know, $500,000. You get a car. You get your own apartment. You'll have an offer from Florida, Clemson, that might be a million dollars, two cars, your own apartment, that kind of thing. I think that we're going to see payments only really for the guys that are at the the peak of their recruitment for the sports that draw in the most money. I think that we're just going to see more open and overt payments to guys to come play for their schools. I don't think it's going to be a weekly cash check. What people don't realize is that a lot of schools already pay out those checks. They're called cost of attendance checks. 
and you'll typically get at the end of each semester at a bigger program. We didn't get it at URI, but for these bigger programs, you'll usually get like $3,000 a semester to pay for some clothes, to pay for school supplies, and to pay for food on the weekends. So we already have that really implemented. I think instead what the payment of players is going to allow is for better negotiation for guys that are five-star recruits in basketball, football, baseball, uh, you know, maybe across some of the women's sports that have big basketball programs that draw a lot of attention. That's where the money is going to be involved, is if the boosters are willing to pay out those players and it's going to be more open and overt. Uh, that's... <clears throat> That's interesting. I, 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 I think people generalize a lot, and I think a lot of people don't know that in 2017, I think I did a report on this, there were only 20 NCAA programs uh, that were financially in the green. Most of them yeah. were in the yellow, breaking even, maybe a little bit over, maybe a little bit under. Most of them in the red, meaning there, it, it's, it, there's going to be some money spent to keep the athletics there. That's what it is. And they're not all being net green, net green, net green. We all, you think UConn football is net green, you dullards? No, no, no. There's 20 schools, there's 20 athletic programs that are actually netting revenue. At least that's how it was in 2017. So there's like a, a, a people have this outlook on college athletics, like every school is just rolling in it. Like everybody is just having, you know, uh, five course meals before games. No, 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 no. For the biggest programs, they'll put them up in a hotel close to the stadium, like a nice hotel or something like that. For the most part, it's not as glitz and glamorous as you think it is. There are issues within every single program. It just ha so happens that the top 20, they have a little more light sh uh, shown on them. And since they're making money, they're going to spend the money. The Dabo Sweeney slide or whatever in 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 Clemson's uh, facilities, they made that money so they got a slide. That it's the only college. It, it, we we didn't have a slide, did we, Joe? I wish we did. Does any FCS program have a slide? Sadly, no. Why do people believe that we all have the same thing and that we're all just rolling in dough? We're not. Colleges aren't. College athletes are not rolling in dough. So get a grip and try to understand the situation. Where Joe was saying in this point, yes, it, it's already kind of operating. I, the game check cost of attendance stuff, cool thing. You know, that's fine. It makes sense. That makes sense to me. And it also makes sense to me with Joe's idea. Because those institutions are recruiting the best players out of high school. And they already are are netting green. So you have to accept that it's not going to be as fair as it is because it's not, it's not fair. And this isn't even my rant, Joe. This isn't even what I have cooked up. This, It's not, it's people thinking that everybody is just going to have to get the same $50,000 bonus check for signing. No, every program is different with how much they get a lot to spend on a player. Goodness gracious. The generalization is what is hurting this argument. Yes, yes. It, it, that is it explicitly what is hurting this argument. And honestly, that is why, and you kind of hit on here, I, I really do think 
that we're not going to have a standard rate of pay for this now because the reality of it, it this is naturally going to be a capitalistic market for paying these guys. I don't think, or even also the female players as well. Maybe there's ways to pay them uh, uh, these some of these smaller programs too. I, I think a lot more money is going to be generated from the NIL stuff. Like there's a lot of athletes on male and female sports that have huge followings. There's a lot of female athletes that are like almost influencers that haven't been able to cash in on that stuff. And you're going to see a lot of athletes, I think on any level making money from that, but the actual direct compensation for your pet, your play, I I think is going to really come from the ability to lure guys and say, you know what, we're going to give you more money than that school's offering you. And you're not going to get that for every player, just like in the NFL where Russell Wilson is one of the highest paid quarterbacks, but a kicker is going to make literally, I don't even know, like a 40th of what he makes. If he's lucky, he'll make a million dollars. Yeah. You're not going to have guys like that getting paid that much. They're just not, you're not going to have a, you're not going to be able to do that. And and that's, I think where the, where the stickiness comes into play here. A lot of athletes aren't realizing this, but if you're not worth really getting paid a lot for, like if you're just a walk on or a three-star recruit going to a power five program, you're probably not going to get offered a ton of money or any money at all. It's just naturally what's going to happen. It, I, I, that, that's where I think everything's going to get complicated is how you're going to push around the money and how you're going to end up paying the guys and, and oh, women. It's as complex well. as hell. Right. It's, it's going to be a doozy for the next couple of years trying to figure it out what the best plan is. And Joe, do you think that the plan initially will have a positive reception? No, it definitely won't. Of course it wouldn't. It's, it certainly won't. And you, Wait, I, I just want to throw in here. So you pointed out how it's there's a lot of guys that are not rolling in money. It, no one's rolling in money that's a college athlete. There's some programs. guys that got... There's a lot of that, programs that aren't yes. rolling in money. There's some athletes that took some under-the-table money that might be buying some stuff, but you've got a lot of guys that are struggling. And like Tyrell Crosby put out a really good thread on Twitter detailing how when he was at Oregon, he emailed... Mark Emmerich, top of the top at the NCAA, saying like, hey, look, is there a way that we can get some money given to guys who stay on campus over the summer, which a lot of guys have to do that to get their academics in line. It's hard for some dudes to balance school and football. There's a lot of guys that have undiagnosed learning disabilities as well that play because they might have gone to a high school that didn't really have the resources to recognize that stuff. Dude, and Shabazz, oh, sorry, before I forget, yeah. Shabazz Napier, after winning the college championship, said he, he came home and didn't have any food in his fridge. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys like that that can't afford to buy their own groceries. And Tyrell Crosby, who's in the NFL right now, sent an email to Mark Emmert, and instead of it you know, being a circumstance of Mark Emmert responding and saying, yes, we're going to look into it, he instead ended up getting to his head coach and they pressed him for sending that email. And in this thread, he details the fact that there's a ton of guys who don't have any food. And I remember you only did it. You didn't do it as much as I did, Sean, in terms of staying over the summer. Uh, I was there for a lot longer in terms of how long I was there for the, the summers that you were I for the two summers I did it. Yeah. I directly remember there were a lot of dudes that just straight up didn't have food and Coach Flem was scrambling to find food for these guys, just simple donations. I don't even know if that's entirely you know, legal and allowed for them to do, but there's a lot of guys that go hungry after a workout because over the summer, 
They're not offered anything, and the dining halls aren't open. Dude, thank God for the church that we were able to go to. Yeah, to co- get Coach some, Izzy. It, it, yeah. It, taking – we. I mean, there were places that would help, but it's like we got 50 guys in the house, and they got 30 bars of soap or something like that, or they got – you know, so here's a, a couple cans of vegetables. Or, I'm trying to remember what they had in that um, – and that, uh, uh, that little, the little, what would you even call it? Pantry. I think that's what he called it. it yeah, was it was just, a pantry. You come over, and then they're they're taking you know kind of stuff they give to us. I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. That that you know, it, it, looking back on it, you're like, wow, you know, I I was eating like one meal a day in the summer. <laughs> a lot of guys were doing that, and there were guys in a lot worse uh, financial situations where. You probably could have, you know, gone out and afforded to buy yourself lunch. There weren't yeah. that many oppor- really places to go get food. There were maybe four places at the top of campus with no dining hall open, but there were dudes that couldn't even afford to do that. There were dudes that yeah. just had to be hungry. It was just it was encouraged that if you're coming up here, you need to have a job to be able to get your food, and that's not unfair either because a lot of people have to get jobs we're saying it's a breakdown did we think it was unfair to have to get a job to get food joe well what i think was unfair for me sean is Mm. seeing dudes that had to get a job didn't have a car and had to walk four or five miles into narragansett just to get to their job also had to do their classes like all that stuff was insanely ridiculous to me because that's the other thing with getting a job. On some of these campuses, there are no jobs n- near the campus. You got to go a little ways to go get a summer job. So you need guys Dude. that, you get, what are you going to put a, a 300-pound offensive lineman on a bike? He can't Even summer. if he can't afford the bike. like we, we had a player that was biking to Bonnet Shores. That's far. That's Do you remember really that, Joe? Yes. He was like, hey, hey, Sean, can you give me a ride? I'm like, yeah, sure. What's up? He's like, yeah, I normally bike. And I'm, I'm driving. I'm like, what do you mean you normally bike? I, he's like, yeah, we're we're halfway there. I'm like, what do you mean we're halfway there? You you normally bike. I was <laughs> flabbergasted. He's like, yeah, there's only this one big hill. You know the hill, Joe. Biking up and down that hill after working in the kitchen, it, it's insanity. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and there, there were a lot of instances too where I was one of the few people that had a car, and like I, you know, I wasn't able to actually like something like a complication in my schedule where I couldn't help these guys out. I felt terrible in some of those instances because. Or sometimes I didn't even realize until later on how shitty it was for them to try and get where they needed to be because of that stuff. So that's a lot of the stuff that comes into play why we are so passionate about why there needs to be more resources provided for guys that are playing Division One and up sports who are generating revenue for these schools, for people that want to sit in the stands, for sponsorship deals, all that stuff. There needs to be more done to support those guys. I completely agree. Um Joe, is it time for me to yell at the people? Yeah, go ahead. I want to hear some of these stupid uh, <clears throat> takes that are against payment of players. Yeah, so Jay Billis uh, tweeted out a quote from Kavanaugh um, yesterday. Uh, the quote was, The bottom line is that the NCAA and its members are uh, suppressing the pay of student-athletes who collectively generate billions of dollars in revenues for colleges every year. Those enormous sums of money flow to seemingly everyone except the student-athletes. That's what Kavanaugh said. Uh, Billis tweeted that out. Do you think that people were accepting of this and said, hey, that's wrong? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. 
Let me tell you people something about pocket watching. Uh, it is a crime and it is prevalent in our society more than ever. And it is an issue that irritates me more than anything in this earth. It is. It, people cannot stop pocket watching. If they see you with an opportunity to get money, they hate you. They say you shouldn't have that money. And why? Because they don't have the opportunity to have that money. Here's a response. Tax their, tax their scholarships then. Here's another, Joe. As long as the student athlete pays full freight now, they should get paid. They do not get both. Jesus. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Uh, on what Jim, grounds? <laughs> Jim, I, I'm not going to say your last name on this here. You don't have the talent to do what is required to get a scholarship from a university to play a sport. You didn't, and you never will because it's past you, and you never got to enjoy the limelight because you weren't physically talented enough or you didn't uh, work hard enough. So now you are saying that it, it shouldn't happen. Because you couldn't. It is a, you, the, the responses not in favor of this are from people that are sad and empty inside and they don't look inside themselves and say, why don't I think that these kids should get paid or get a scholarship also? There are academic scholarships, right, Joe? Yes, there are. And those kids can also have a job on the side and get paid, correct? Yeah, and they have the it's, time to fit that into their schedule. It's just baffling for me to read the responses of people and see so plainly the envy written over their faces to say, uh, you did, uh, why do you get to get paid? I, I did four years and I didn't get paid. No. You didn't get paid because you were not. You could not block somebody because you could not strike out thirteen and in seven innings. You couldn't do these things, so you couldn't get paid. And you're jealous because people like athletes. They like seeing. Uh, they. You're not happy because you're not in the limelight because you don't get to see them playing the games. But past that, you think that's all it is. You don't understand that it's a second job additionally with classes and you have to maintain a GPA to stay on the team and you might have to have another job making money. Me and Joe both had internships while playing football, while uh, taking classes, while having this job our senior year. It's insanity. The people that think that it's just about, oh, they go out on Saturdays, they play a game. No, 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 no. That's the fun part. That three hours, Joe? That's the mm -hmm. fun part, right? Yeah. And then what happens to the other uh, 23 hours of the day, six days a week? How much fun are we having? Not that much. Waking Not up early much. and suffering through lift and practice. But because we go out on the field and get applause, you're irritated by it. And you can't handle the idea of the athletes getting the applause and then the athletes getting paid even though you're sitting in the stands applauding for them. You're not paying them. So why does it bother you? Oh, because it's not you on the field, you loser. And you know what the other thing too that I, I think comes in with that yeah. is, you know, we're 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 talking about how I I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. Like we're, you know, you're you're talking about all this stuff on how like you you hear often this is going to impact 
players' love for the game. And, you yeah. know, like, you, you should be going out there for the love of the game, not for the money. If Alabama was playing on a pr- their games on a practice field with no stands, no advertisements, not on TV, game starts, game ends, over. And then you play for a national championship, yada, yada, yada. If there was no commercialism surrounding the event of playing games, yeah. I could understand saying like if you know if you love you, you're going out there for the love of the sport. But guys out there obviously love playing football. The problem yeah. is is that the schools have exploited people wanting to watch these games that it generates millions of dollars. Mark Emmert should not be being paid $4 million per year. What does that bozo do but oppose the payment of athletes? I seriously have no idea what he does. That See, guy doesn't need to be paid. pocket watching. I can't st- I'm not going to. I can't get a hold okay. of you pocket watching there. But also, uh, for yes. the love of the game thing, you know what the love of the game is, Joe? Waking up at 5 a.m. every day to go to lift. That's what the love of the game is. It's, go- yeah. it's doing inside, dr- uh, inside run. It's- right. The love of the game is is the kickers going out 30 minutes before to stretch to kick a ball 10 times because they have to do that because they love doing it. That's the love of the game. I give specialists uh, a lot of a lot of flack, but that's the love of the game. You're going out when it's even colder than we when we went out. You guys are stretching to make sure that one part of practice that takes uh, 15 minutes and I'm not being disparaging Joe, but whatever mm-hmm. t- parts 15 minutes of practice. The specialists went out there stretched, warmed up, did their best to make sure that everything went smoothly. That's the love of the game. And that's in a practice in stupid October on a Wednesday when other kids are hungover waiting for the bus watching us. You know, that's the love of the game. Don't tell me about people affects the love of the game. Shut up. (laughs) We know what the love of the game is. That's what we played it. Right. So a lot of yelling goes into this, and I don't know. I, it's so annoying at this point. It's 2021, it's and we're still getting people who are against it. it pocket I, watchers, I, man. Yeah. You can't do anything. You can't do anything about them. It's pocket watchers. It's the people that are upset that they aren't able to earn those opportunities. You Dude, don't hear I, a lot of former athletes saying that they're against it for a reason. Dude, I heard uh, – I bought Tesla stock uh, a couple months ago. It was a bad buy. I bought it too high, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, I had uh, uh, multiple people heckling me for buying it and saying I shouldn't have done that. You know, I told them, you didn't have the balls to do it yourself. So you're just judging my purchase, you know? Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you didn't have the balls to buy a whole stock like I did. You didn't. So now you're just pocket watching me. And that's very anecdotal. But at the same time, you didn't have the balls to really train to go play a sport. But now you're saying that they couldn't get paid, that athletes can't get paid. Right. It's a, right. It's a disease. It's a sickness. I don't know if it's brought on by social media. I'm sure it was happening way before social media with envy in the workplace, all of that stuff. Why is he getting better ratings? Why does he have the better time slot? Why is this? Why is that? Uh, you know, why is he getting you on the retreat? I'm, or the retreat I'm not. I'm sure the pocket watching has always been as, uh, with humanity. You know, it's, it's, it's greed. It's envy. I get it. But it's a disease now more than ever because everybody is is flexing on social media and that mm-hmm. gets in people's cross. I think it's a good note to end on though. Yeah. But that a lot went into this show. We're obviously not getting every single detail. 
But we're just trying to provide our perspective as we always do, which I still stand by makes us one of the most unique podcasts out there as two guys who played at a small FCS program. We understand what it goes goes into it and we understand the struggles of it and why we think that everybody who's earned the right to make money off of their performance should be given it. Nobody should be ever exploited for a performance that generates millions of dollars. You should be getting a piece of that. That's going to be it for today's episode, though. Folks, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon at Sanderson Radio at Believe Podcast. Subscribe, five-star review. You know the drill. We're going to start getting into our positional previews. I don't think that we're going to do our conference previews like we did last year um, and we did in the past, but the more emphasis is going to be on positional previews. Sean, I think it's going to be, and we'll talk a little bit after the show, I think it's going to be a lot more open-ended discussion rather than we're going to rank these guys kind of deal. Uh, I'd like yeah. to you know, keep it a little bit more open-ended. So stay tuned for that, folks. Um, and that's going to be it for today's show. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.